uh, had a great opportunity a few years ago to take a continuing education class through the Barnabas Center. The Barnabas Center is a counseling ministry that is in Charlotte and Davidson, a couple other areas, and I've grown to love them uh, over the years. And this particular class was an opportunity for about 10 to 12 uh, pastors, ministry leaders, and churches to come and fine-tune their counseling skills. Um, oftentimes, when you find yourself in a counseling situation, uh, you could be listening, having a conversation with someone, asking questions, and then after an hour, they may walk away, they may leave uh, your office, and you may think to yourself, well, I, I wonder how that went. And uh, oftentimes, you don't know, because uh, someone typically won't say, you know, that was a really good question, or thanks so much for listening, or that was really helpful. And so this class is an opportunity for uh, pastors and ministry leaders to come together and it was cool because it was over about 12 weeks and uh, half the time was spent listening to a lecture or teaching and then the uh, the other half of the time we would uh, practice uh, counseling on each other and so there would be a caregiver and a care receiver and I'll never forget when it was uh, my time to go I was the one who was kind of sharing you know my stuff with someone who was listening along with 10 other people in the classroom and so uh the the the, the person in charge is like don't like pick a 10 problem like pick like a five or six problem because it might be weird if all of these people are listening to you spill your guts and so i thought to myself okay i have I have like a five problem on a one to ten scale and I shared it with uh, my friend who was offering the counseling and everyone else in the class, all uh, ten people, were sitting there listening. And when we were done, um, we would kind of open it up to the class and say, okay, um, let's talk about what happened, what was helpful, what did you notice? And uh, this lady uh, who I didn't know did not know her. I maybe knew her for like a couple weeks. Uh, she made uh, this comment. She said, uh, James, you're funny. And I told her, I'm not one to disagree. And she laughed. And then she said this. She said, James, sometimes I feel like uh, you use humor um, because you are uncomfortable with what's taking place in the moment. And instead of leaning in and pressing in, you bring levity uh, to a situation. Mm. To which I replied, a priest, a rabbi, and an Irishman. <laughs> uh, to admonish someone is to speak truth in a difficult situation. To admonish someone is to speak truth into a difficult situation. Um, God wants to form and shape you into the image of his son Jesus. He wants to change you in one of the ways, one of the ways that God changes his people is through truthful words spoken by a faithful friend in a difficult situation. And so this morning, I want to encourage us as the people of God uh, to admonish one another so that we may move toward maturity in Christ. 
If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And I want to look at, real briefly, begin in verse 24, and we're going to read through verse 29, but then I want to camp out on verses 28 and 29. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. And now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Listen, I want to stop right there. Uh, If you want a homework assignment to do for the rest of your life, study that verse. There's there's a ton there, and we're not going to talk about it. Verse 25, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Uh, To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which uh, which is Christ in you, uh, the hope of glory. Verse 28, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works uh, within me. Listen, it is our desire and passion, it is our vision at Christ Point uh, to point people to Jesus. We want people to see and experience a life-giving relationship with Christ. Uh, When I read this verse this past week, I was again reminded that this longing that we have uh, to share Jesus and to experience Jesus and to walk with Jesus is grounded in God's Word. This is not something that we drummed up or made up. Um, Paul says to the small little church at Colossae, uh, we proclaim Christ. We proclaim Christ. We uh, proclaim the work of Christ. We proclaim the words of Christ. We proclaim uh, the way of Christ. We are here on this planet, and we exist as a church to point people to Jesus, right? This was Paul's longing and desire in life as he wrote to this very small church in Colossae. Some uh, theologians believe that this church may have been like a dozen people strong, but it was, it was a small little church, and he writes to them, and he says, we uh, proclaim Christ, and then Paul kind of fleshes this out. He says, after we proclaim Christ, that we warn everyone and teach everyone with all wisdom. The word there that the ESV uses, that it, that it, that it, that's translated before us, is, is warning in the ESV, right? It says warning everyone. But if you were to read the New American Standard or the NIV, um, that, that word would be admonish, right? So Paul says we admonish everyone and we teach everyone uh, with all wisdom. Admonish uh, is not typically a word uh, that we oftentimes use, I think, in the Christian life. Uh, More often than not, admonishment can feel a little uh, bristly. Typically, we don't sit back in the course of like a Thursday afternoon or a Tuesday and think to ourselves, you know what I'm in the mood for? 
I'm in the mood for a little admonishment. We don't do that, right? It's something that we oftentimes don't uh, give, and I don't know if we receive really well. One author describes admonishment as to deposit truth into a person's thoughts. It might take the form of discipline, encouragement, or affirmation. It, it may be uh, commendation or correction. Above all, admonishment is truth spoken into a difficult situation or circumstance. I read that definition and I go, I get encouragement, right? Who doesn't want a little encouragement? Like, sign me up. Like, I want to go to the front of that line. Like, I want to be encouraged. Who doesn't want to be affirmed? You're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you. You are awesome. Like, I love affirmation. I love encouragement. But when I read this, this thing about correction, I'm kind of like, whoa, like, time out. Like, that doesn't feel as appealing to me. Like, maybe your perception or perspective of the Christian life is such that we are just to go about and just be, like, super nice. Like, we should just be really kind and say nice things to nice people all of the time. And so this uh, comes across as a little unwanted or uh, not desired. And yet, admonishment is something that marked uh, the life of the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 20, verse 20 says, You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. Look at verse 20, how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews, to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you, did you catch that when Paul says how I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable? And think about that for a second. Paul is saying, if, if there is something that I know, that I've seen, that I think you would find profitable, then I want you to know. He, he did not shrink back from providing anything that was profitable. Later in Acts chapter 20, um, verse 29, it says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Verse 31, therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Paul's saying, this marked my life. Night and day, I would admonish, and I would do so through tears. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts 
to God. So this is not this idea of admonishment that Paul speaks about in Colossians chapter 1. This isn't new uh, to his life or ministry. This is something that, that marked his ministry day and night. I, I never ceased speaking to you what was uh, profitable. I want to, us, you, to admonish one another in all wisdom, uh, he says. Christians, Christians, followers of Jesus are called to admonish one another. We, we speak the truth in love. Why? Why do we do that? There's some assumptions that we need to make. Number one, um, I am not perfect. <laughs> Newsflash. I know you know. No need to throw out any amens. Uh, I'm not perfect. And I have blind spots. Uh, there, there are things ab about me about my personality, about how I operate, about how I think, about how I carry myself, that other people see and notice, and I don't. I have blind spots. Third, I cannot address what I don't see. I can't address what I don't see. I, I can't fix something or press into something or move into something in my heart or in my life if I don't know. And so I need people to lovingly speak into my life. And, and by God's mercy, by God's mercy, he has done this in my life. There have been people along the way who have encouraged me um, or, or who have been encouraged to admonish me. I know this is hard to believe, but uh, over the years, I've had various people uh, point out that I can be sarcastic. <laughs> it's weird, I know. I tell them it's always appropriate, and it's actually funny. And they don't always agree. Uh, I, I remember a, I was at a, a conference one time, and they were talking about sarcasm, which oftentimes, you, I mean, you don't hear that necessarily on a typical uh, Sunday morning. And someone defines sarcasm as anger gone underground and come up in a clown suit. I didn't feel funny at the time. Sarcasm is anger gone underground and come up in a clown suit. Right? And so there's, there's people in my life that have, that have loved me enough to say, James, you, you can be uh, sarcastic. There's people that have come alongside me and, and said, James, I, I, I notice the way that you speak or the way that you talk. Like sometimes you can quickly become cynical. Like instead of thinking the best or, or believing the best, or actually believing that God can, can move and act and change people, you kind of have this tendency to drift toward, well, it's just kind of the way that it is. There, there have been people in my life who have loved me enough to, to say and speak things that at the time uh, were difficult uh, for me uh, to hear. Here's the thing. I don't think uh, that I am the only one. When I say that, I mean I don't think I am the only one that needs to be on the receiving end of admonishment. I think if we were honest with ourselves, there, there probably are 
um, one or two or more um, things that need to be addressed in our own hearts or in our own lives. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and other people would describe you as a walking Eeyore. Like maybe you just kind of go around and you're always thinking thorns and thistles. Like, hmm. And, and you need someone to come alongside you and go, man, you're like sucking the life from the room. Uh, maybe you function like Goldilocks, but you never find the thing that's just right. And everything's just a, li- just a little off. It's a little too hot or it's a little too cold. It's a little too firm. It's a little too soft. It's a little too this or a little too that. Maybe you're here this morning and you're an historian. Like you're, you're always looking back. Even, even the Christian life for you is never like what God is doing here and now and right now. It's, it's that experience that you had five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's, it's the good old days when God was actually working and doing stuff. And you need someone to lovingly come alongside of you and say, like, open your eyes. Like, God is moving here and now. He is doing a good work. Maybe you are here this morning and you're, you're critical or you have control issues or you have a problem with authority. You even have a problem that I use the word authority. There's, like, something in you that's good. Like, I don't know what your, what your thing is. And, and maybe you don't even know what it is. Uh, But you need someone who will lovingly come alongside of you and speak truth into your life. We, we, all of us, we are not perfect. We, all of us, have blind spots. We, like all of us, we cannot fix what we cannot see. And so we need people to lovingly speak into our hearts and into our lives. Paul says here in, in Colossians uh, chapter 1 that, that we should admonish everyone and we should teach everyone uh, with wisdom. Right? So it, it seems as if there's a wise way to do this, to admonish and to teach, and there's an unwise way uh, to do that as well. And so I just want to share some ideas this morning. First, uh, to those who may find themselves in a situation where you are admonishing a brother or sister. You are the, you're the one that on the, 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 you're delivering the news, right, what you see. Um, for, first thing to do is to ask God to give you courage and humility. Ask God to give you courage uh, and humility. Ask him to give you courage because it's not easy. And these are hard conversations to have. It's no fun to be on the receiving end. And you know what? It's usually not super exciting to be on the end where you're giving the news as well. Paul said in Acts 20, 31, remember, um, therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. I mean, think about that. Think about the the heart of the apostle to go, listen, like like I am grieved I'm grieved. Like, Paul wasn't sitting back going, boy, I hope I get to do that again. Like, I can hardly wait till lunchtime to my next meeting. More admonishment. He's like day and night with tears. And so, so pray uh, for courage that God would 
would encourage you by his spirit to have that conversation and then humility when you have it. Because listen, if you are the one uh, giving that news or that information or speaking that truth, um, like guess what? Like we got problems too. Like we have our own brokenness. We have our own issues. And so even when we're stepping out in faith, trusting the Lord to move and act, it's important to remember that, um, that, that we need this in our own lives as well. So ask God to give you courage and humility. Secondly, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Both are important. This is key. Your goal is not uh, to win an argument. It's not to build a case. Uh, your goal should be to lovingly and truthfully call to attention uh, what you see in someone's heart and life that they may uh, not see. And so speak uh, the truth in love. You, you are not to be a cowboy who like swings open the doors to the saloon like, and you're like ready with your admonishment pistol. Like heads will roll, here I come. This is not uh, that. This is not that. Uh, we are not to function uh, like Oprah, right? We're not to go around and go like, you get some admonishment and you get some admonishment and you get some admonishment. This is, this is something uh, that we do humbly and we beg God uh, to move and uh, to act. And then thirdly, remember that you... Did you guys hear that or is that just me? Should I just do the regular... Okay. Ben, how are you doing today? You having a, you having a good morning? I feel, like, I feel like things are going pretty well so far. Yes. I love the handheld because this is what all the kids are doing nowadays. Um, so, so, so third, um, remember that you are not responsible for how someone responds. Like you're not responsible for how someone uh, responds. I've had conversations that I've walked into and I've thought to myself, this is not going to go well. <laughs> and to my surprise, it actually goes worse. <laughs> I was like, oh, didn't see that coming. Uh, there, there are other times when I walk into a conversation and think to myself, this is not going to go well. And it, it goes better than I ever could have imagined. Which way it goes, how someone responds um, to you speaking truth and love uh, is, is not something that's controlled by you, and it's ultimately not your responsibility. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that you can be a jerk. That's not allowed. However, you, you are not responsible for how someone responds to the truth spoken into their lives. I've had conversations with friends before who uh, th things went sideways, right? Where, where you lose a friendship or you grow apart or there's this sense of like, I can't believe that you said that to me. Uh, but, but there are other times where there is a sweetness and a richness to a relationship because you love someone enough um, to say what is true. Your goal our goal is Christ-like maturity. It is not harmony at any cost. Right? It's, it's Christ-like maturity. It's not harmony at any cost. And so I want you to remember that if, if you're the one uh, giving it out, speaking truth, uh, if you are the one receiving admonishment, uh, here's some, some 
I think, wise words that we can all apply. The first is to practice approachability. A practice approachability. Can I ask you a question? Are you approachable? Are you approachable? Have you ever heard someone say, uh, they know how to dish it, but they can't take it? Have you ever had someone say that before? Meaning that they're really good at giving it, but they're not so good at receiving it. Ask yourself, is that me? Right? And the reason that I start there is because uh, when I was in high school, at, at, at the end of high school when we graduated, they gave awards to uh, a number of the students. And the award that, uh, that I received uh, was one for uh, the top debater in, in school, uh, which has not served me well in marriage and in parenting. Right? There, there, there are some circumstances where that's an actu actually a good thing, like, I don't know, if you're a a lawyer, um, but, but it's not always a good thing uh, with those who you are closest to, right? So, so ask yourself, am I an approachable person? Uh, secondly, when you are approached, listen. Listen and listen. Uh, your temptation almost immediately is going to be to fight back. To, to justify, to explain, to couch, to soften the blow. Instead, listen. Third, ask God to help you receive what is profitable and, and to dismiss what is not. There are times that someone might speak into your life and, and there may be a large portion of what they say that is spot on. And then there's times where sometimes people may say uh, something that, that's just not true or accurate. Have the humility to receive what is profitable and to dismiss uh, what is not. And then lastly, pray that God would change you. Pray that God would change you. Pray that he would sharpen you and soften you. Pray that he would uh, change your heart. Pray that God would form you more into the image of Jesus. That, by the way, is Paul's desire here in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, Him we proclaim, warning or admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Right? We want to present everyone mature in Christ. It is possible to be more or less mature in Christ. It, it is. I mean, there, there's times in Scripture where where the word will talk about those who are mature. And then there's times where we read about folks who are immature, who, who should be further along in the Christian life than they are. It's possible to be more or less mature. Uh, spiritual growth or Christ-likeness is not something that happens to us passively. Like we don't sit back on our lazy boys and it just, poof. It just sort of happens. It, it doesn't work like that. It, it's not something where with age we become mature. Sometimes we're just older. We're not necessarily growing in Christ-likeness or growing more mature. We're just growing older. 
a spiritual growth. Our sanctification is a work of God in the hearts and lives of his kids. Romans 8, 29, for those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Uh, in the Greek, if you were to study that, it means this is the will of God, your sanctification which means God's will is for you to be changed into uh, the image of his son. He does that a number of different ways. In two weeks, we're going to start walking through the book of Philippians together as a church. I'm excited to walk through Philippians two weeks from uh, today, and we're going to be talking about spiritual growth. First, or Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it's a passage that I've spent a lot of time in over the course of the last couple years, and I've just grown uh, to, to love it. But, it. but it's all about God's work in forming and shaping uh, you. It's, a, it's about God initiating this work in us. Sometimes God simply changes us. Sometimes God uses his word to change us. We read his word, we come under his word, and God changes us that way. Um, God uses experiences in life, uh, things that happen to us, oftentimes challenging or difficult times uh, to form and shape us. He uses all of these things. He does it. He uses his word. He uses our experiences uh, and life. And something else that God uses is like the people sitting next to you. Like people that know you and people that love you and people who speak truth uh, into your life. Him we proclaim, warning, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that he may present everyone mature in Christ. I love verse 29. For this I toil. Paul says, for this I toil. I and mean, when you think about in that word toil, it is work. It is effort. It is sweat of your brow struggling oh just struggle for have a struggle in your life I mean, it's something that's difficult that's that's hard you're struggling you're wrestling for this i toil struggling but don't miss this with all his energy that he powerfully works within me listen god is growing you he is maturing you into the image of his son. We, we toil, uh, we, we struggle, but we do so with his strength and his might. One of the ways that God changes us, that he forms us and shapes us, is through admonishment. Uh, through people lovingly speaking truth uh, at an appropriate time. Christ's point, I want us to be a church uh, that loves each other enough um, to have difficult conversations with people. Not to go out of our way to step on people's toes, but to love people enough to speak truth into their hearts and lives, knowing um, that, that it is our longing and desire to present everyone mature in Christ. And so listen, if you're here this morning and there is a conversation you need to have with someone that you know or love, I pray that God would give you the courage and the humility to have the conversation. If you find yourself on the receiving end of one of those conversations, I pray that God uh, would give you the humility uh, to listen, uh, to receive, and to accept what is profitable, knowing that God is going to use it to form and shape you into the image of his Son.